1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. We have got the vintage version of the beard today. He's black and white on my screen. I don't know what the output's going to look like when... uh, when this Who thing cares? YouTube, Nobody watches it anyways. They do. They want. let me tell you something, man. People listen. But this is dead since I started putting out like putting some actual effort into the YouTube production quality and then also just blasting the daylights out of it using lately through social media, the YouTube views have picked up specifically on the the early leakage. Because I always have them well, out a week earlier on on YouTube.
2: I guess the reason I say that is because when we were doing the whole um Y you, you know, deal down and had the aquarium and all that. I forgot what it was just like I forgot what you called that little session you had going on. Oh, that and boot that,
1: camp. Yeah. Yeah, the
2: boot camp. There you go. So many people came up to me and were like, I expected you to be way bigger and like fat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, like, and, and everybody and everybody expects me to be way shorter. Like I am towering no, over you're people. A, you're a
2: giant. I am a yeah. normal size adult thirty four year old male.
1: Yeah. Well, you're still you're not done growing yet. <laughs> At 34, anyhow, forget it. We're not here to talk about us. We yeah. have got a wonderful guest, Miss Cassidy Arbelli is with us today from Las Vegas, Nevada. Had I known, I'd have just recorded this beast live with Seriously. her because I could. We just bought hey. remote podcasting uh, equipment so that we can record on site, and I am recording on site with Keystone this week. So, anyhow, Cassidy, tell them who you are, where you came from, what you've been up to.
3: Yeah, so I'm Cassidy Arbelli. I have been an insurance agent for over a decade, which sounds so crazy to say. I started in captive with State Farm and uh, made the freedom jump or whatever we call it nowadays about four and a half years ago Um, and been able to replace the book we walked away from at the time within two and a half years. And things have been good. I am now about 90% commercial, which is why we left State Farm. And loving the ride. I mean, there's always something new, something happening, all the things. So I'm really excited to just also join a lot of the women in the community, having a lot more representation of us and just seeing this industry change and grow has been amazing. So
1: me. Well, we can hit that right between the eyes. Let's talk about that a little bit, because you're actually the first of quite a long chain of female guests that we have coming on to record with us. Um, I'm not going to throw shade at any other insurance podcasts out there because I'm friends with everybody who has one. And I think that we all try and do what we can to to feature people. But I think the industry as a whole does not do a good job. Of of featuring women in minorities in general. And I have taken that as kind of, you know, my I don't know what you want to call it, motivation to change that to some degree. Um we're doing that this season in The Protege, right? So a lot of people don't know this. By the time this comes out, episode one of season two will have launched. It launches a week from tomorrow. But I really really focused on it and you know I, I think that the thing that that bothers me I don't know I'm interested what's your perception I mean' you're, you're a female in the industry. I am the exact stereotype that has made things the way they are. I get that right but you know talk talk about it for a second you know what what have you faced that has you know made you feel as if you're not treated on the same level as what I would be for for example.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I think it ranges. I think it depends. I've always kind of been a a guy's girl, always had a lot of guy friends. And when I first started in business in general, but also in this industry, I just felt like really lonely. I felt like people didn't take me serious, not just other people in the industry, whether it was also carriers, underwriters, you know, people and the professionals that we connect with, but also going into commercial, right? There's a lot of male business owners still in the world and obviously that's changing and growing but you know having them take me seriously at a table or in a conference room and meeting with them and feeling like i was up against a lot of males who were possibly prospecting them and presenting proposals for different things um and so just feeling like i always had to prove myself or act like the guys in order to kind of get the business or to feel comfortable and confident in the Um, place I was in at the time, wherever that was. And also just feeling like, you know, there's definitely times and even my clients, friends, and whoever's kind of in my tribe, as far as women go, will say that women can be catty or all the different things. And that's true. Men, men cannot be, you know, I don't know if we can curse, but I would say, many (laughs) words. you know, they can be difficult as well. And kind of that dog eat dog type of environment. But It's not true. There are groups of women who are 100% empowering each other and helping each other rise. And I think that I've also seen not enough representation on stages at conferences, at summits or events. Um, There's not a lot of women feeling confident enough to use their voice and stick the flag in the sand and challenge men sometimes if we have to, or just say, hey, I'm here, come join me. Let's do this together. And so that's been my motivation is just I want to see more people at the top of this industry who look like me, a woman. And that's kind of like my mission in the podcast I started, in a bunch of other things that I'm doing. And um, I've been able to build an amazing community of women who absolutely respect each other, absolutely show up to share, you know, and lift each other up and empower. And there's no cattiness, There's no, you know, none of those things. And It's given so much feedback and impact that, you know, it's helped people, it's changed their lives. They have the safe space to show up to. They feel like things are changing. And it's not to like be sexist against and be like, we're the best or, you know, any of that stuff. It's just like feeling like you're represented. And, um, you know, there's, there's things that all of us individually are good at and maybe not so great at, right? And sometimes it's even topics about, you know, child raising and all the responsibility that either society is putting pressure on us to be responsible for and or we do for ourselves and what it's like in our roles, in our homes, in our business. You know, sometimes it's I have a male employee and there's this weird dynamic instead of it being the same as maybe how women are. Or sometimes it's harder to have women on your team. I mean, there's so many different things that come into kind of the gender roles, which I want to blur that line instead of like emphasize it all the time. But I think it's important to also recognize that there's differences and how do we use that to our advantage as opposed to using it as something that might get us stuck or cripple us in any way. So that's kind of been my experience. For the most part, though, there hasn't been anything really bad that's happened that I'm like, oh, now I'm going to go out and, you know, shout from the rooftops or anything. Um, but it's, it has happened to others. I have heard stories. And then you know there are women that really thrive in the environment of being around other men. So I don't think, again, it's less so negative or positive. I just think that we need to feel more confident that we are being represented, that we can use our voice and not fear how we're gonna be judged or looked at. So I'm excited because I think it's definitely changing.
1: I think that there are a lot of people that feel that way. And that's where it ends. That's my experience, exactly. right? Mm-hmm.
2: My question was going to so, be, how, how does it change?
1: Yeah, so that's that's my whole thing, right? And, and I have first-hand experience with this because, you know, having put together the protege, albeit you know, it is what it is. It's got a very narrow audience of insurance people who are interested in middle market commercial production. You know, we already know that that's heavily skewed to the male, pale, and stale, but. If you're going to complain about it, right? And I'm not saying if you're going to complain about it in general, though, you know, I got mail from people who said, really wish you would have had more females on the show. Great, where was your application? You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to put females in. I'm happy to put minorities in, but they have to also be willing to put themselves out there. And I think that to me that's the biggest conundrum in all of this is you have people who want to see things change but they don't they, they don't have the backbone to try and make them change or to try and push it in so they, they or they're just Scared, they're they're uncomfortable trying to push that boundary a little bit, and so you just stick with things that are the same, right? Because they're never going to take that first step, and as a result, you know, people like me aren't like for season two. I basically went out and begged and just said, "I need as many females and as many minorities as I can." And 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 I and I basically had to reassure people. Look, this is a safe place. I promise you, I'm not going to make you look stupid. I'm not going to beat beat you down verbally over how you perform in a challenge or whatever else I simply want to have you there because I think you belong there right and so that's that's the biggest thing for me you know when when you have a conference and you reach out to someone who you think would like wow this this is the person right this is the person that if I can get her on stage she is gonna rock the world and everybody's gonna understand exactly what we're talking about and then that person's like yeah no I'm, I really don't feel comfortable doing that Come on, you know, stick yourself out there a little bit. Nobody, nobody's going to, this isn't Lucy and Charlie Brown in the football. I'm not going to pull the football out at the last minute. You know, I'm going to hold it in place and let you kick your field goal. But I I just think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is that a lot of people, and and this is probably accurate for a lot of walks of life. So we can scrub this and make this a generic comment. A lot of the people who complain never want to take the first step to make anything better. They just want to hear themselves complain. True. Now. All that to be said, before I start getting a bunch of hate mail, ladies, I'm not saying that that's what's happening in this situation. No. Very clear about that. But there is a subset of people out there that that's how they deal with it. They grumble. And you know I'm just telling you from a man's perspective, if the per- perception is that women are catty and the very first interaction you have with somebody is a woman who's being catty about the fact that women aren't being uh, represented equi- equally in the insurance industry, you're validating the, the confirmation bias that you're assuming exists, right? right. If, if you think that I think you're catty life, and you yeah. come in... Yeah, if you think that we think you're catty And you come at me, Caddy, you pretty much (coughs) proved what you thought I thought, right? So even that's not where my head is.
3: Listen, there's always, um, you know, a way to play the politics and to get your foot in the door and to start something to begin change in anything that has ever happened in history, right? But I also think that there's people who are natural born leaders. There's people that are going to be more comfortable being an uncomfortable situations. And I have collaborated in this last year with so many people in this industry, and I have not had any bad experiences. And I just show up just like a person and I reach out and I ask to talk to them, to hang out, to create a relationship, to see how we can help each other, to whatever that looks like. And I've had nothing but good experiences making amazing friends And, um, so I, you know, whoever's listening am challenging you not to be afraid. I have not had anything that has made me kind of step back. Well, that's not true. One little thing happened, but you know what? I'm a strong woman. I went back up and I was like, look, you know, I think we got off on the wrong foot or I don't think you understood what I was trying to say, but not showing up catty whatsoever. And I think that, Some of us are a little bit more natural followers. You know, they need to get their feet wet a little bit or they need to see somebody go before them and say, oh, okay, this went okay and she's fine. And um, amazing things happened because she stepped out of her comfort zone. It's not comfortable for me all the time. It's not like I'm, you know, always comfortable or confident in what I'm doing, but I show up and pretend that I am until I get there if I have to. And it's only helped everything that I want to accomplish. It has been the most amazing thing that I've stepped out. And this year alone, every single month, I am out of town, going on stages, doing the thing. I mean, it's crazy how it's rolled out to um, some amazing opportunities. So I urge anyone who's listening, just don't be afraid. Use your voice. If there's something you want to say, there are ways to say things in a way that invites other people onto your journey and want to be part of what you're doing, right? And and I think that, like you said, I, you want to be part of certain things. It's just you don't have the pool of people that are showing up to give you that opportunity. And I understand that as well. So I think the more they see, even just a little bit of a change or a little bit of a move forward, the more people are going to start opening up and showing up and wanting to be a part of things. So um, I definitely feel it, just from people that I know, that it's changing. So. I'm excited. It's going to happen.
1: Well, I you know, I think with, you know, Women of IAOA is a good place to start. That group has really from from what it appears from the outside, has really taken off. Really seems like it's got Legs under it, right? And and there's a culture there, there's a tribe community that's being created. And I've got really good friends. Ciara Gravier is involved in that. Teresa Kitchens, Denise Bravo, Danielle Smink. I mean, there's a laundry list of people that are in there. And so if you're a female and you're looking for that support group and you feel like you're out on an island you know, that's one of the main things that I would recommend is find that group. Like I'm telling you it exists and it's a good support group. It was a really cool thing for me to see how they got together and sort of had their own little sub conference lunch inside the conference that seemed to be very well attended, um, you know, and just see that women are there to lift each other up. You know, listen, fellas, some of y'all need to get your heads out of your rear end and join your own, you know, accountability groups and things too. And if you don't, if you don't think that way or you don't understand why we think that it's okay, maybe you need to seek a mentor of your own. But there's one thing that I think is is really really important for the industry at large, and that is that people need to find mentorship. Period. It's there. It is everywhere in abundance, but you have to be willing to to seek people out. And I have that, you know, with from from my perspective, I have people all the time reaching out. Hey, I hate to bug you. I hate to ask you a question. I hate. I will always take time if somebody is willing to put themselves out there and ask because they truly don't know something. Now, if you're looking for a standing meeting for an hour and a half every Wednesday over the course of a year so that I can do one-on-one coaching, that's a different story. But just you know, find those people and inside those Facebook groups. Those mechanisms exist now. I'm not sure if they have it set up this way in the women of IAOA, but in inside of IAOA proper, there is a, a mentorship program where you can actually go in and fill out a form and, and request a mentor. And I've had a half a dozen people that I have worked with over the course of the two or three years that I've been in that community. So I would highly recommend it if you're. A younger female or somebody who's new to the industry or whatever else, reach out to some of these people. I know them all personally. I can't imagine that any of them would say, no, I'm not interested in helping you or no, I don't know anybody that can answer that question or, or do this or do that for you. I just don't think that exists. Yeah, Not, not, not amongst yeah. the females.
3: <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I swear, I see so many people going out of their way to really spend a lot of time helping other women, which on one hand is amazing. But on the other hand, you know, I also don't want it to also get to a point where we're giving so much that we're too afraid to take as well, right? There's times where you need to show up and say, hey, I need some help. It's okay to ask for that help. As far as I go, I mean, I've invested, I invest hundreds of thousands of dollars every year in mentorship, in learning, and continuing my education in all kinds of arenas so that, you know... In my business and businesses, I have several actually. I continue growing, and sometimes it's just having that accountability, just having somewhere to go to learn something new, get ideas flowing, you know, figuring out easier ways to get things done. My biggest thing is bringing tactical education and information to people because I hate, you know, the fluff. I don't want to, I don't have time for it. I just don't want to hear it when I'm listening to podcasts or other things. And so there's always like a step or a process that I try to give out so it's really like I can take this now and go back to my agency and actually do these steps and implement it quickly easily and start getting results that's one of the things too that I think with a lot of conferences or events you know sometimes people get on stages and they just start talking about stuff that they've already talked about a million times, or we've heard already. And it's not something that you, and we know people leave events and they're hyped up and they just want to get back and get to work, but they don't actually implement a lot of the things that they learned or they heard and whatnot. And I know, you know, at innovation, a lot of people were saying, make sure you're writing down the three things that you're going to do when you get back to your business, (laughs) right? Like, because we know that it doesn't get done. I've, I've not done it when I've gone to events earlier in my career and my, you know, entrepreneurship, but now I mean, I spend, I think in this last quarter of last year, I spent almost $55,000 just in investing in myself and learning and growing and masterminds and mentorship and coaching and all the things. And then taking all that I learned and going back and putting my hand out to other women that maybe don't have the money to invest, right? Or I've learned a way to do it in my way that's worked for me. How can I put my hand out and help somebody else rise up? And my goal is always to actually see people do better than me. i I thrive off that. That gets me really excited. I, like, it warms my heart. It's not just about money. It's not just about all these things. I think I'm at a point in my life where the money's there. I'm good. You know, I can always make more. That's fine. But now it's really about giving back and impact and having that time because I have the time freedom now. I have the financial freedom that I can look back and say, all right, who's coming with me? Who needs help? How can you help me too? I mean, I learn from these women every single day Um, and not being you know, so confident and being humbled to know that there's always someone that can bring something to the table as well. And even, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but there's an event coming up and somebody posted something in the Facebook group, like, am I the only woman going to this event? Like where are all my women at? And you know, there was kind of a conversation of like, sometimes you have to build your own table if you don't feel like you have the invite to the table or you feel like there isn't a table for you. Um, And so I think that's happening behind the scenes. I think there's a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline and uh, I'm I'm excited for it, I'm all here for it. So yes, fellas, invite us in. Women, do not be afraid to reach out and you know, I've never had a bad experience. You can reach out to me anytime. (laughs) And just in regards to like business, and how it's been going i mean we're like i said mostly commercial we love middle market we do so many things and we went from being at state farm where you know you have to write all the things i mean we were even doing mortgages at the time it was like everything across the board and we got really really good at commercial my team hated me for it and they were like it's just too hard it's too complicated i'm like well we're not going to give up we're relentless we don't quit I'm sure you can tell I'm a challenger. (laughs) So I don't have any fears in that aspect. And as we started writing bigger policies and more premium and they realized it wasn't that hard, um, it took a little bit more time and a little bit of learning, but as they got really good at it, they were like, okay, so about those $100,000 policies, right? I don't have to write a thousand cars or hundred cars or whatever to, to get the same, um, commissions or to grow my own business within the business. And it's just taken off. It's been insane. It's amazing. So that's really how I connected with you because I was like, Ooh, killing commercial. Like that sounds like something I want to be a part of. That sounds like something that resonates with me and where I'm at. In we don't business. let
1: women in. I'm sorry. I
3: just know, just <laughs> right? Like, I tried. I like- <laughs>
2: so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought it's that the, up, it's, though, the
1: old, it's the old boys club. It yeah, really is. Right <laughs> yeah.
2: no, uh, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that back up, Cassidy, because that's where I was going to yeah. um, go, was to ask, like, for you, what that transition from State Farm, which is decidedly not, you know, middle market commercial, to, you know, to then going and, and um, doing that, like, What were some of the challenges that you faced? What were some of the things that you learned that you could maybe pass on to some other people who are maybe in that same scenario or looking to be?
3: Yeah. So the hard part with State Farm was that you can't sell your book of business. So whatever we did, which was great, within five years, we had a $5.5 million book tons of financial services. We're maximizing on what they call scorecard, which is your annual bonus and writing all lines of business, really just doing well. I'm not saying it wasn't hard and then I didn't make a ton of mistakes, right? But like, how do I actually get up and leave this huge book of business? Well, I had a little hiccup with the company and Found out that, you know, I had did everything right after kind of like an investigation or whatnot, and I was fine. And they wanted to continue doing business with me and all the things, but it suddenly opened my eyes to like, wow, I don't actually own this business. I could be let go <laughs> at any <the> moment. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And all this hard work could be just taken from me whenever they felt like it. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable with this. And at the same time, because we were starting to dabble in commercial, we were um top in our territory, which is like the West Coast territory out of five states for two years running. And I I was the only woman up there, right? And a lot of people would be like, what are you doing? How's this working? We wanna know more. And unfortunately I was sending a lot of business out the door. And that same year, I think we totaled to it being around three and a half million that we sent out the door in one year. Now did that, would we have closed all of that? Probably not, but I mean, our closing rate right now is 50%, it's really good. But I was like, you know what, we can walk away first of all, for my own integrity, because I just did not feel good being there anymore. Like, you know, you you say you bleed red, you bleed blue, all the things when you're captive. I was not, I was empty. I was sucked dry. Like I just did not want to be there anymore. I, I couldn't sleep at night. It was bad. And I was like, we're going we're gonna to walk away. We're going to open an independent and we're going to replace this income. I know we are. And I remember telling my team kind of what was happening, the date that we were going to leave And I decided that we're gonna stop selling. Like there's no point, we're moving, right? We're we're changing the game. So for 90 days, I told my team I was gonna pay them what they make on average, commission and all the things. And we just sat and business planned every single day. We read books together, we took the big post-its and put them on the walls. We even wrote, what are we not doing anymore? Like all the things that we grew as bad habits that we've wanted to change for a long time, this is the time, now we get to press restart. And I told them, I'm like, you're each going to be writing $75,000 a month in premium. And they looked at me like I was crazy because we were doing, um, we had a larger team at the time. I don't have as big of a team anymore, but they were doing anywhere from 30 to 65. And so when I said, every single one of you are going to do 75, they thought I was crazy. But we created a plan. And when we went in day one and two independent, some of the struggles were now we have to quote through a million different softwares and carriers. Now we have one underwriter for each carrier that. If they don't like us, they're not going to push our quotes through. It's just not going to happen. Like you have to be the politician when it comes to these underwriters, Um, understanding the appetites for each one and where do they go and how does this work and what the application process is. And that sometimes these quotes take weeks, right, to get back. There's depending on we do a lot of supplemental too. So we have to prepare the client and having that conversation where it's state form was like click the couple buttons and we have a price for you. Mm -hmm. So that was probably the biggest struggle. But in our first month, we wrote $300,000 with two team members, two team members ended up moving over with me. And suddenly the bar got set really high. And they were like, holy crap, this is now the new normal. How do we continue this? And (laughs) it went down just a little bit after that as we were adjusting in the learning curve. Um, But at this point now we're at two to 500 a month regularly. And I've got two salespeople, one CSR. I do need to hire another CSR now, now that we're at a lot of million dollars. I mean, she's been handling this book by herself as far as service goes. So she's finally overwhelmed. (laughs) I mean, she's been overwhelmed, but I'm like, let's check what you're doing. Let's maximize this productivity and really try to get 120% out of each person because I'm a business owner, right? I wanna make sure that my payroll is low and that I can get as much as I can from each one, but it's time for us to kind of expand that. So um, I definitely think moving into this next year, There's gonna be some book acquisitions. There's gonna be some more emphasis in um, some different marketing things because we've been coasting and we've done really, really well, but I'm excited to see it grow now to the next level. I've been really comfortable and so is my team. And so now I feel like the fire needs to get some fuel on it again and just kind of refresh. But um, that's been, so when, you know, I see Killing Commercial, I see other people doing amazing things in commercial and I've said it for so long, like why are you working harder for less money? I don't know. And the profitability and just all the things just are so much better. Um, You know, so I preach a little bit, but I also know that building personal lines are all the things and specializing some other things are obviously people are making great money and doing really well. Um, It's just my passion and what I love. So,
1: yeah. So talk a little bit about your podcast.
3: Yeah. So Unburden Your Business kind of started because, like I said, when I first started in business, I started it because I wanted time and financial freedom. Like that was was
2: What's it called? Sorry.
3: Unburden your business.
2: Unburden your business. Okay, got it.
3: And what happened was (laughs) I started this business to free me up from all the things at a nine to five corporate job, right? All of that. And unfortunately, it ended up being a burden in my life instead of giving me all the things that I wanted. And so I think that happens to a lot of people where they have the American dream. They want to do all the things entrepreneurial and they don't realize how much goes into it. They don't really know what they're doing they don't understand business. They might be great at sales. I think a lot of people in our industry too, they're great at sales, let's say, or they might be good at relationships, but they're not good in business. So the idea of the podcast is really um, short episodes to give you, again, tactical step-by-step things that you can do today to get some results in your business and to really get it from a burden into a blessing, which is why you started it. So that's what I do. I show up weekly and, and... give some trainings and different things. We have guests all the time. Right now it's female only, <laughs> not listener wise. I have a lot of male listeners actually, but like, um, the women that we bring on to kind of discuss their business and their journey and maybe just different things, their professionals in to help everyone. Um, but I think that's changing this year as more men feel comfortable also talking to me. So, and it's like, we also have to shift a little bit on our end. So, yeah.
1: I can tell you men feel uncomfortable in rooms full of women. I am walking, talking proof of that because my daughter asked me if I would go to the nail salon with her and my wife yesterday God, to get a is pedicure. Is that what that foul
2: picture was from? <laughs> Listen. Okay, my husband, husband they get those crusty dogs up there on Facebook for everybody to see. And I no, have to nobody hold wants my to see hand. that shit, Dave
3: when he wants a pedicure too. Like, I have to go too, even though I don't need one. And I've been going to the same place for 10 years. Like, before my nine-year-old daughter was born, they know everything about our family. I don't know why he's uncomfortable, but like, I don't I know. Think I think it's just, the,
2: I think it's the process. I don't know that it's that it's a room full of women. I mean, I've been one time with my wife and it was like, I, I'm not doing that it again. Might have
1: been, it might actually be weirder thought, if yeah. it was a room of dudes, honestly. It might be even more awkward. Well, but I mean, that may be it true. doesn't help. So my I mean, wife is very... Yeah, my wife is. I don't know if she was with me when you you and I talked at the bar, but she was at Innovation, um, and she's a very vocal New Jersey
2: wife, right? So, <laughs> yeah, <like> her, yeah. <laughs> she's so a very vocal. That, that, that was a very we, nice way of putting it.
1: Yeah, so when we go in, like she, she's just not as smooth as I am in some situations, right? In how she addresses people. So I'm sitting there and I hear, Hey, make sure you use the scraper on his heels. They're terrible. Oh, God. Like, why does a room full of people need to know that a and B my heels are not terrible. You act like I'm like the freaking Hobbit, just walking in, you know, <laughs> out of Lord of the Rings and dropping my feet in the pedicure, you know, in the bed. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, it's funny though. Cause I think that us women are just like, we just talk like that. Like, I would say like, oh my God, like my feet are terrible. I haven't been here in two months or however long, right? So maybe for us, it just feels normal. But yeah, it could be totally embarrassing. I get it, 100%. So now I just book an appointment too for me and we figure out the synchronicity of going together and he's fine with it. But um, I can see how it's intimidating. Just like for you, it's intimidating to be in a full room of women. Think about what it's like for us as well, you know? So yeah, exactly. It's the flip side and the more, you know, it's funny because I'll go into a room full of men and instead of like, going back or closing up, I immediately just start talking. I'm like, all right, I just got to break the ice. I just got to go. I'm going to go shake hands. I'm going to go say hi. I'm like, what's your name? Like, let's just do this because I'm so uncomfortable that nothing's going to make it better until I can get into a conversation where someone's friendly and I can kind of calm down and I'm like, okay, this is working and I feel better that at least I know someone right in the room. And I will say too, the more you collaborate with people virtually and then go to events or things Like I met so many people that I've collaborated with online and they became, I mean, immediately like James Jenkins, Aaron Levine. um, There's a whole list. If I'm forgetting any of you that are listening, just like amazing. Came and hugged me. We're super welcoming. And now we're like all great friends. Right. And so um, don't be afraid to reach out virtually before you might go to some things and you'll know people in the room and it'll be so much better for you to feel welcomed and part of the crew. Uh, what have you. So that's a really good suggestion for anyone who's going to anything this year, which I highly recommend you get out and do. It's going to change the course of your agency, your business, You know the way you feel um, part of something. I've been going to conferences my whole life for all kinds of different things, retreats, masterminds, all of it. I'll probably see some of you at them this year because like I said, I'm going to be gone every month. But um, I just think that it's one of the best things that you can invest in and do for your business.
1: Yeah, so what were your big takeaways from innovation this year? Like what were the you said self admittedly, you haven't done what you were supposed to do. I don't know. I would be willing to bet ninety percent of the people haven't done what they were supposed to do, right?
3: <laughs> well but, I mean I wish yeah. So I wouldn't say I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. Um I, I've done that before. I've invested in a lot of things and then you know, got all the knowledge and was hyped up and ready to go and get back. And then you let the whirlwind of every day take over and the booklets on the side and it just collects dust. Um, so I would say going into innovation, I was really there to meet people, start seeing how to collaborate, how to move different things that I have going on forward. And I will say a lot of the things that I heard, I already knew. And it's not because you know i think i'm the best i've just been doing this for a long time and i've i read 52 books a year i follow people i hear the things that they're saying so it was kind of for me just a little repetitive and not Again, because that it that wasn't means you
1: were happy. there to give instead of get, right? You I just agree, didn't figure it out yet. That
3: might be coming down the pipeline. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that's and that's kind of what it was. But again, meeting people for me, the biggest thing at events is really just getting it in, in groups and and masterminding after hours, right? Or on lunch breaks. Also, getting to meet some of the vendors I've worked with for so long, and um, so there was definitely some nuggets on stages and things and in the breakouts. I can't pinpoint certain things right now, but everyone's incredible. Everyone has so much knowledge to share. And it really validated a lot of things I was doing right. Some things that I've had, maybe that I've let fall through the cracks a bit that I was like, oh, that's a good reminder of something that we used to do for retention, but we maybe don't do anymore. And we got to pick back up. So for me, it was the ultimate hype of moving into this 2022 year and meeting people and um, you know, just validating that I'm doing well. So. That's probably the three big takeaways that I would say for me was coming to innovation.
1: So you were with State Farm for years. You're independent now. You're you're loving commercial. What is like? What do you specialize in? Are y'all generalists? Do you have specific classes you go after that you're really yeah. good at? What does so that I would look say like?
3: We we definitely are more generalists, but our majority of you know referrals coming in in industries that. We tend to focus on kind of by default but we love it's going to be trucking manufacturing um <laughs> uh oh god i just had a total like brain um, a lot of trucking
2: lately for us on, on, the, on the pod yeah.
3: yeah retail so in vegas we do a lot of all the stores and the um shops and things in the hotels so we tend to know that we we don't give up and we love to educate ourselves. We do research. We want to know all the things. And we now have contacts in all of the hotel malls that say, like, you don't know what you need for your business. You want to open a store or a restaurant or something inside the hotels. You need to call this agency um, because we get it done. We do it right. We send them the right COIs. We send them the right coverages. We, we know what they're looking for. So we t- take on kind of that advising of what the hotels are going to need, because it's a lot. I mean, they need like $10 million in just terrorism coverage. It's ridiculous. Some of these things are a little kiosk, wow. right? Like, I'm just it's a little crazy pious, and now you want me to have all these things. So um, we really kind of take that off of the hotel mall uh, representatives' plates of being able to advise them on these things. So then we get a lot of referrals for that. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, our book is full with all kinds of businesses. Some things are just super wacky that they'll call and say, "Can you insure this?" And we're like, "Sure, we're up for the challenge. Why not?" Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. The city's growing like crazy. I mean, when I first moved here, I don't. I'm going to age myself so much. Uh, it was 25 years ago. There was 900,000. Were You 000-
1: like three? Yeah.
3: <laughs> no. No, I wish. Um, there was 900,000 people here. And I know it's 25 years. sounds crazy, but there's already 3.5 almost here in Vegas. So lots of people are moving here. It's booming. There's a lot of in, um, industrial things happening in the city. Amazon's here. They're doing, um, I forget what it's called, but Elon Musk has his. Spaceship. hypertrain, Hyper Hyperloop, something it's called. I forget. Um, where to factory. Be- <laughs> no, it's like this underground train that goes like. 100 miles a second. I don't know. And it's being built from here to Los Angeles, I think, or what? somewhere in California. Yeah, I've never,
2: heard, I've never even heard of this.
3: Oh, yeah. Elon
2: Musk has an underground train.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you. And it actually Elon Musk know. will go
2: by land, air, or sea.
3: Yeah. There it doesn't are videos matter. I'm just out there That show you like the prototype of what this thing looks like. It's like this, it looks like this little bullet that people sit in and it just shoots underground. It's crazy. So there's all that. It sounds, kinds it sounds of things
2: terrifying.
3: Yeah, could, you getting,
2: could you imagine getting you imagine getting stuck uh-huh. underground like halfway between Vegas and LA? I also I hate hated that, that his last name is Musk. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I
3: mean, it's like the city's booming. So I feel like we are so well positioned to really grow the brand that, you know, we do commercial and what that looks like. And then, you know, taking care of people and we spend maybe $500 a month on marketing and we're making two to 500,000 in sales a month on average. So,
2: it's a decent return. The
3: profitability is there, I promise you. It's Yeah, it's, it's cool. crazy because
1: I honestly would not have thought Vegas was that populated. Like I know it's grown yeah. and I knew it was big, but it also sort of sprawls a little bit now too, right? It's not as concentrated. So when you start, like I remember when we had innovation there in 2019, It was out at the JW out in Summerlin. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be right there. I'll be able to walk down to the Strip, whatever else. No,
3: it was like 25 minutes away. Yeah, Hmm. and that's not even like the furthest part of town. Now, I'm in in Henderson where I live, which is the complete opposite of Summerlin. But I mean – we have Mount Charleston here. We go skiing and there's different things and like we'll drive out there and there's just homes and homes and homes. And I'm just like, what is happening? But now we have the Raiders. We have the Golden Knights. We have, you know, a bunch of things happening. So our cities now feel like the city's finally on the map. Like they don't think we live in a strip hotel <laughs> anymore. When right. you tell someone you're from Vegas, it's funny. Or, yeah, but the th- or
1: The thing that's interesting is that's really not that far off in the same size of Tampa at this point. Yeah. You know, when I remember when I moved to Tampa and I will age myself because it was a long time ago. It was like thirty-five years ago, um, maybe even longer than that. Tampa had just hit a million. And I I wanna hmm. say that the Bay Area is between it's but definitely between three and a it's, half and five million.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's getting closer to five, but yeah.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. But I
1: mean it's crazy to think that it's grown that much. And I do right. think that sports that sports has a lot to do with it. My wife was kind enough to let me know that one of the draws for her going to Vegas with me is the fact that the largest Louis Vuitton store in the <laughs> continental US is in Vegas.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, she there's, loves her Louis.
3: I think there's more Louis Vuitton stores in like half a mile here than there are in any other place in the world. <laughs> there's so many. Like my husband would be like, let's go shopping. I'm like, which one are we going to? You have so many, like, you know. And, um, and don't
2: yeah. kid yourself like you're not about to come back with some new loafers or a belt. So there's a
1: 100 percent chance that if they have a <laughs> very specific pair of loafers that I can't get here, but yeah. I'm hoping they have there because it's a massive store and there are okay. multiple stores. I will or it's Look, gonna have
3: it down the street at the other location and then you'll just walk over. I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, Vegas is great. I mean, people always are like, Oh, you must, you know, go to the strip all the time, or you must be a gambler, or you must have all the things, Uh-oh. or go to strip clubs, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, no, that's not the case. We rarely ever It's like everybody
1: who says, "Oh, you must live at the beach because you live yeah, in Florida." Right. No. right. True. I might go I to the beach, the beach once a Yeah, I might go to the beach once a year. Yep. How much right. how much fun is it for me to pull up in an SUV loaded with my wife and four kids and all the shit that no. you got to take to but the beach with you? And, then, yeah. and, and then all un-
2: the yeah, the sand
1: stuck to you. I will tell you yeah, that like and we've Elise got this is- roll around cart that allegedly has sand tires on it. Those things yeah. don't it work. Improve. It's like it's no. like a snowplow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, right the only the the only way going to the beach is cool is like Elisa's parents have a condo down there, and so we can go up from the beach right up to the condo, and we're good. But having to I jump in the car resort
3: where you walk ten feet to your room yeah. and you don't have to worry about shoes or you totally. know or someone's bringing you a exactly <laughs> yeah I'm not yeah I hear that I got three kids yeah. too. trust me I well
1: and I mean the truth yeah. of the matter is a lot of people don't even know this but there aren't really beaches in Tampa like Tampa hmm. proper. Where's where is, the, where is no. there a beach in Tampa?
2: There's not, really. I mean, like
1: anything we have that's even yeah, anything we have that's even close to a beach, you can't swim in because of the bacteria contents too high anyhow.
2: Yeah, you got to go out to the Gulf, you got to go to Clearwater, Indian Rocks, all that stuff. And that I mean, that's I'm a that's a hike Mar- for you. I'm
1: going longboat longboat Key Anna Maria Island. It's right. equal it's equidistant and I actually like the beaches True. down there better. They're but nicer for sure. It just goes sure. to show, yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, people just automatically Broadcast, you know, they they cast such a wide net of generalizations. Like everybody who lives in Florida must live at the beach. Well, no, I live in Okeechobee. You know, it's just like <laughs> right yeah. in the middle of the state on a lake. Right. So well, what haven't we talked? Yeah, what have?
3: getting a better name, I hope for itself. I don't know, (laughs) but
1: I'll be the judge of that. I'm going to be there for a solid weekend. Listen, all I know is that Thursday night is the wrap up of the Keystone conference. And we are going somewhere that I believe is some level of aggressive mini golf. And there's a kiss cover band performing. (laughs) So,
3: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That That sounds
2: right up your alley.
3: They have like a oh, KISS mini golf neon thing at the Ria. I wonder if that's where it's at. I don't know. I'll be interested to find it's out what this is. Are,
2: what are the chances there's two separate mini golf KISS related venues? Probably <laughs> probably, pretty low. Well, I
1: mean, there are multiple Louis V's. So I got to believe there you, you have to cater to the other end of the spectrum too, right? It's true. My so, people like the KISS cover bands, man. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's how we roll. So, <laughs> so what haven't we talked about? What haven't we covered? I don't, you know, I mean, I feel like we've covered a broad spectrum of stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, and there's always a chance to, to do other episodes in the future as we get to know each other, of course. And, you know, see Oh, you each can take that to the show. bank. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And getting more specific. If anyone's heard anything that they want, maybe more details on, let us know. And, um, we can hop back on and, and chat about some more things in detail. I am an open book. I will give you all the, the, The secrets. I don't really think they're secrets, but, you know, the stuff that's worked at least and some of the things that haven't. Um, But, yeah, if anybody wants to check out the podcast, you can always listen in. I do give out a lot of information. I curse a lot. So just beware. If you're listening with kids.
1: Kyle's like, I'm going to go listen right now. he knows any any words I haven't heard.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Anything I can bring back here.
1: Yeah, why not? You know, spice it up a little. What can I say? For so sure.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me and um, yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch and see what else is going on the rest of the year. I feel like it's still the beginning, even though we're already like, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, it's already March, right? <laughs> it's just crazy. Time goes by so fast now. Well,
1: um, I can tell you if you and your husband feel froggy, hit me up on social and we'll grab a drink while we're out there. Cause my wife's going with yes, me. Yeah. There's a lot of other agents that um, you may have met. Um, at innovation that are friends of mine that are also keystone agents. And I'm going to be hanging with them and their wives or husbands as the case may be. Cause I do have female agent friends as a matter of fact, proud also. of that. Well, good. Yeah. They're
3: all,
1: they're all in my, they're all in the wolf pack. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yeah. So mm-hmm. as long as I don't, as long as I don't have Ken Young jumping out of the trunk of a car buck naked, you know, doing a monkey uh, grip on my back, we're going to be good. <laughs>
2: Oh, I
3: mean, we've had some things happen while living here in Vegas. Friends visiting, or just stuff that's happened. Honestly, I mean, we like to have a good time. We like to drink, so, um, but we just don't do it all the time, like people assume. But yeah, definitely, we'll we'll be hanging out and talking throughout the week. And um, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks thank for coming on. Coming on. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast.